0: Welcome to Believe with Becky. This is the podcast where we practice the skill of confidence, celebrate individual strengths, and believe in your limitless potential for growth. I'm your host, Becky Smith. Episode 28, Believe in Yourself to Cultivate the Good Life with Becky Proudfit. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, I just want to give you another little heads up. As you know, I am all about learning and growing on this podcast. And in one of my previous episodes, I noticed that I needed to upgrade my equipment, get better headphones, get a better computer um, for doing interviews over the internet. And so I did that, but... As always is with learning and growing, there's just little things that you don't anticipate and little things that you just have to roll with the punches. And so on this interview today, I learned that my mic, my new mic was a little bit too close to my mouth and you're going to hear some very distinct. P's and T's, but at the time I couldn't hear my own voice, so I I didn't know that was happening. And then the internet was lagging a little bit and we're having a little bit of a hard time with the internet on this. So those are the two little things, but not a big deal, right? (laughs) Um, We just pick ourselves back up and we just keep going. And I thought that the content on this was really great. I didn't wanna miss out on it. I edited it the best that I could. But I'm still very proud of it and hope you will listen today um, with open heart, mind, and soul to really um, hear the nuggets that are in this. Uh, This person I'm interviewing, her name is Becky Proudfit, and she's going to uh, introduce herself a little bit later. But she does have her own podcast with her other friend, also named Becky, and it's called Cultivate the Good Life. And I just wanted to make sure and say the name because in the interview, the name gets a little garbled. So I wanted to make sure that you guys heard that. And this is a lady that I look up to that I really admire with all the things she's doing and her friend is doing. And I don't – this is the first conversation I've ever had with her, but – I think we would be really good friends <laughs> if we lived close to each other, and um, I hope you enjoy this interview, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited thanks. to have with me today, Becky Proudfoot. So welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So Becky, you have your own podcast that you do with your friend who's also named Becky. That's right.
1: The Becky's unite.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So can you introduce yourself
1: to my audience? Sure. So my name is Becky Proudfit. I'm a wife. I'm a mama of four crazy, awesome kiddos. Um, I have a podcast, like you were saying with my pal Becky Higgins called Cultivate a Good Life. Um, I've just kind of entered in the past year a social and media arena. I do a lot of speaking. I teach a lot of youth classes. And it's been crazy. It's been awesome as I'm entering this new chapter of life with um, my youngest is now in first grade. So kind of my second chapter, I guess. And it's been a lot of fun jumping into all of it.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a new chapter when your kids are all in school. Yes, for sure. Yeah, mine were all pretty far apart in ages, so it took a long time for all of them (laughs) to get into school. It took 16 years. Wow. Yeah, so the day the last one got in school, I was kind of
1: doing a little party. Party Yeah, I bet. People are like, Aren't you sad? I'm like, not really. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I always say I embrace like I try to not be sad about all oh, the kids are growing up, which obviously it happened so fast. Yeah. I try to just like be present with where I'm at. And part of that was when my kids went to school too. I was like, Oh, this is so exciting. I'm excited for them. I'm excited for me. I love the start of summer break. I love the end of summer break. Like it's just good to to love all the different times and seasons.
0: Yeah. So kind of which leads us right in, like you said, the name of your podcast that you do is Cultivate the Good Life. Right. Mm -hmm. And mine is about believing in yourself. So I kind of wanted to combine the two of those and ask you, how does believing in yourself cultivate a good life?
1: So I love, love, love that the name of your podcast. That was kind of even before I knew our mutual connections and had listened to it, I was like, that is such a great, a great podcast name. Because seriously personally cultivating a good life, at the heart of it, the most work that I had to do was believing in myself, was learning to like live an authentic life and what that meant for me. And um, so that's kind of been the like heart of what I've been doing the past, the past few years. Uh, it's pretty exciting and it's hard work. And when I started doing it, I realized even though I had spoken the words like, I believe in myself, I know I'm great, I know all these things, like I didn't believe it at my core. There were still some gaps there that I had to work through to fill in, to be able to not just speak what I wanted, but to actually believe it and, and have it be part of me. So that is something I have totally really worked on, especially in the past 12 months. An interesting part is, is I think you can call today a to good life. And oftentimes when you have those cracks in the foundation, um, that, that might not even look catastrophic, but like are just kind of present in there. When you have those cracks, you can be the super mom, you can be whatever, you can be so successful in business, but it still is not wholly fulfilling because you have these cracks. And so I think almost the most important part of cultivating a good life is starting at the foundation, is making sure that you have a strong sense of self and that you've taken the time to know who you are and what you're about. Out because then you can build great things on top of it. But without that, really, you're not going to have the fulfillment you want.
0: Yeah, and I like how you said the the cracks, like, because mm-hmm. we're all going about doing our lives, and and it's good. Like, things are good. It's not like we're um, not functioning, you know. Right. But there are just those little those little thoughts, those little beliefs that get and it's in there. The,
1: it's a difference of going from a great life to an amazing life or having more peace. You can have an amazing life and not have as much peace as you possibly could. It's about, it's about amplifying and expanding the good things that are already happening. Um, -hmm. this year also with the whole cracks thing, I've become obsessed. Have you heard of Kintsugi pottery? Yes. Yeah. So I have become obsessed with kintsugi pottery. And so I ended up buying a kintsugi pottery kit from Japan to like learn how to do this. And what it is, is it's this Japanese art of honoring your cracks and filling in your cracks and becoming more beautiful and and stronger through these these things that we have to work through. And it's super hard to make kintsugi pottery. I will say that (laughs) it was so difficult, way harder than I thought it would be. But it's a really cool visual, I think, representation of what I'm talking about is, is when you just fill fix those little hairline fractures and cracks and fill it in with something better. With gold, right? Yes. With That's gold. Yeah. Yes. And you go from, from good to great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And one thing about the pottery was so difficult is I expected to like buy the kit, mm-hmm. get it, be pretty good. And then I thought, cause I was making it with a certain person in mind who I wanted to give it to, who had just kind of come through a really hard thing. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, in two or three days, I'll be able to like do this. And I thought I was giving myself tons of grace time of like, I'm sure I'll have it done the first day. Yeah. And what ended up happening was, is it actually takes like three weeks. Oh, and wow. You, and if you rush through the steps, it, it, cre- it cracks, like it totally falls apart. And it was such a, an eye opening thing as I thought about that in relation to my life of how many times with the cracks or the things I need, need to improve upon that I want to like take a class or go to a seminar and spend nine hours and then I'm fixed and then I'm yeah. done. And that crack is filled. And it's not like that, right? Like it's this slow and steady progression. I've had to learn to be patient with myself and, and to allow it to happen over time. It's not like I do a plus B and then it equals, I'm a whole person. It yeah. just, it, it happens slowly and it happens over time and it's an evolution. And I had to learn to be patient with the pottery for sure, but more than that patient with myself as I was going through that.
0: Yeah. Cause definitely with confidence, which is, you know, what we're talking about, believing in yourself and that, um, it, it's a skill too. It's something you have to keep doing. It's not a one totally. and done, like you said, go to a conference. Yeah. I'm, I've got confidence now. It's, it doesn't work right. like that. It and doesn't at all. Yeah, definitely. So I've heard you say that your story is important and you know that it can help other people. So how do you come to that kind of belief? Because that takes confidence.
1: It does. And, and I think naturally I have like a biological tendency towards being confident. I, I'm outgoing. Um, and, and so I always had that kind of my whole life where my insecurity or where my, my lack of confidence crept in was when... I knew I had things I wanted to share. We all have impressions and thoughts and strengths and weaknesses. And we're living this story every day, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't sure that what I had to say was good enough. Or I get that into that mentality of like, well, who do you, who do you think you are that you could even yeah. like bring something to the table? And so even though I'm, I am a, an outwardly confident person, that was kind of like the inner demon that I needed to work through. And that, to be honest, like I speak all the time. I've spoken for 10 plus years, every Every couple months, I have a moment of like that creeping in and me having to work through a thought process of like, no, that is that is not truth. The truth is, and explain to myself what the truth is. Our stories have so much power. And when I say our stories, I don't mean like I'm a cancer survivor. I've had a lot of crazy situations happen in my life. I used to work for Disney. And when people interview me, they typically want to talk about Disney or cancer. And it sort of <laughs> makes me laugh because I'm like, yes, those are totally part of my story, but I don't yeah. think our stories are just like the things that happen to us. It's how we show up every single day in our life. Yeah. And when I, when I am sharing openly and authentically the things that I feel prompted to share or, or tell or help, and that can be in my podcast on social media, speaking at a large thing, it could be one-on-one with a friend or having a nudge to be open and share something with my child. When I am living in that way, I have peace, and more than that, it strengthens me. When I, when I speak the truth, or when I write the truth, it reaffirms to me that it is in fact the truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I can't gain that any other way. When I write something, and it clicks as I'm writing it, as I'm doing the writing process, And I have that feeling of, yes, that's it. That's the truth. It reaffirms that to me. And so it's really living your story is more about showing up every day um, openly, right? Like no matter what happens, being open, being open to love others, being open to love yourself and and sharing and being authentic. Well, that's
0: really interesting that you'd say sharing it helps you reaffirm the truth of it and the truth of yourself. Yeah. So I like that. So that's. So what would you say to someone who's in self-loathing who thinks, I don't have anything to share, I don't have anything to say, I'm I'm not important.
1: When you're in those cycles, A, know that everybody goes through those cycles. Like you said, it's not a one and done solution. And we're human beings and we're surrounded by media and we have biological factors. Like we all go through those periods um, of self-loathing. I think the worst thing you can do during those periods is to retreat. And I think we have a tendency to retreat and shut down because we thought we think if anyone ever knew what I really thought, like they would hate me. And we, but then we shut down even further and we don't even have the opportunity to look for evidence of something that could be different. We don't even give other people the opportunity to have that little window into our soul to help us to see that what we're thinking is not truth. And so if you're in this self-loathing cycle, I would say pick one person identify one person that you feel the safest with and let them in in the best way you can because if you give them that little crack i guarantee when someone else is with with you in there in, th- in that place it tends to to kind of be um it breeds momentum it helps you to be more open in other areas so just don't get into that place of retreating with your own thoughts because your thoughts are the ones that are betraying you and it's really good to go to someone you love, a trusted person um, and just allow them, allow them to help you, honestly.
0: So our thoughts ultimately are, are what uh, create our feelings. And so if you're not willing to share your thoughts and your story with other people, then you get stuck inside the bottle and you can't really see necessarily what's going on. So
1: you, it's like when we watched a movie with our, called scuba diving movie. And one of the things that they had trouble with is if they get to a certain depth and then they become disoriented, they can't, they don't know which way is up, right? And it's kind of like that in the in that self-loathing cycle. I think too, if we were honest with ourselves, I sometimes have thoughts in my head that I would never say out loud because they're horrific. Like thoughts about yourself being or or whatever, negative thoughts about yourself, I would never voice those because coming out of my mouth they would sound so awful and so cruel. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where talking through it helps is when I am in a cycle or even say to my husband, like, if I have a really big speaking thing and I'm thinking, can I really even bring anything to the table? I already know as I'm speaking it, like, that's not true. You know, that's not true. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's something about that outward expression that helps me to be like, okay, that's not, if, if someone was saying that to me, I would call them on the carpet. Like I would say, are you crazy? Like, but you can do that for yourself. That that's the greatest thing about this thought work process. Is it really, it, it will, if you can really master it, it changes everything. It changes every single area of your life where you can truly have a belief in yourself that is so deep and so strong and so rooted in love that no matter what happens, it doesn't shake that foundation. Yeah. it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, no, I love that. And I've, I've heard you say before too,
0: that ter- sharing your story creates a connection or, you know, documenting, because mm-hmm. you guys are, yeah. at least Becky Higgins for sure is big into yeah. documenting. Um, and I had never thought made that like no pun intended, but that connection before I had never thought of yeah. documenting as a way of connecting to me. Like, yeah. yeah, I just hadn't ever made that connection. And so you're saying by telling your story, you not only get out of your head and can see yourself for who you are, but it's also a way of connecting, not just with the person you're talking to, but maybe connecting with yourself too.
1: Oh, t- I think it helps. First, it connects you with yourself. Second, it connects you with whoever you're talking to or writing for. But then third, it's like a record record of of who you are for your children. Like I had cancer, heaven forbid that didn't go the way that it did and you know I survived and that's awesome. I would want my children to have these pieces that they don't necessarily see on a daily basis. I'm not yeah. going to go and talk to my my 10-year-old about self-doubt and and thoughts that I'm having yeah. that are negative about myself. But when I document that and I think where people get tripped up with documenting is they think it has to be like an elaborate journal or a scrapbook or for me, my, my Instagram, like I print those out. That is part of my journaling and or podcasting, right? Like that's what I'm, yeah, that's going to be mine. (laughs) This medium is so cool because how awesome that if something happened, my kids would have the podcast to look back to where I talk about how I feel about myself and in marriage and relationships and and all these different things. Yeah. And so documenting looks a million different ways, but the may at the heart of it, right, is sharing your story, sharing openly. It's about approaching your life in a way where your heart and your soul and your mind and everything is open. Yeah. Because when when tragedy strikes self-down, we're not able to bring to the world what we need to. I firmly believe that every person has specific things that no one else has. Yes. And so there's things I can say and do that nobody else in the course of history can say or do. Yeah. And those things are important. Those are important. They're not meant to be, they're not meant to be kept to myself. And at the end of the day, when I'm sharing openly, when I'm able to remain open, keep myself healthy so that I can be open, um, I have peace and that's the heart of what it's about is I have Contentment and peace, where I'm at right this very second. So, how are you okay. being the youest you?
0: Because I've heard you say that before. That that is your, that's what your job is in this life. Really, is to figure out how to be the youest you.
1: Yes. So how do you do that? Well, I think the first thing you need to stop doing is looking for external validators to validate your existence, meaning your marriage, your, um, your children and their performance, the way your house looks, the way your body looks like we look for all these external validators. And sometimes we get really caught up in, um, making those look awesome so that we feel good about ourselves. And that's the myth is that you can like, feel so good about yourself because your kids are perfect. Like a, your kids are never going to be perfect. And B, even if they are, you're still not going to feel the way you think you are going to feel. And you get stuck in this hamster wheel of trying to do all these things that aren't bringing you what you actually, what you actually need and what you actually want. Um, being me isn't about having a platform. It is not about, going and speaking or even having a podcast. And I get afraid that when we talk about this, people think, um, that I'm saying go and share everything with the world and get, <laughs> get a podcast, you know, do what yeah. I'm doing. Start a podcast, be active on social media. That's not at all what I'm saying now. What, what I'm saying is that there are things that only you can do, right? There are traits that only you have and only, you know, how you're supposed to be showing up in your life. And, and it's not the same for your whole life. There have been times where I really just needed to be at home and I needed to be focusing on my kids in a specific way, or I needed to be reaching out to that friend who I didn't even know was struggling. Yeah. Being the USU means that you are in alignment with your purpose, what your purpose Mm. is that day, what your purpose is that week, um, what your purpose is over the course of your life. And that changes. And you have to be really careful when you're thinking about your purpose. You have to be careful about your purpose. Um, That buzzword of like, do what you feel called to do is kind of all over the place right now. And while I totally think that 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 is the truth of it, like, yes, you should feel called or you should do what you feel called to do. I think you need to be very careful with when you're figuring that out, making sure that you're not putting the world's expectations or your expectations, or like I said, trying to like establish this external validator for your existence you don't have to earn your right to be here, your worthiness in life. Like that is an inherent value. Your worthiness and your goodness is inherent and, and showing up being the USU means that you bring that inherent goodness that you, you bring yourself open to every single thing that you do and that you align yourself with what you feel directed and not worry about the expectations and the external validators.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like, I like how you broke it down to even just that day. What's the purpose for this day? (laughs) Because sometimes you do have to reel it in and be like, okay, I can't look at the big picture right now. And and I do feel like you have to, It's like weeding the garden, you have to weed out those thoughts that, because like I started this podcast because I felt called to do it and because I wanted to do it and I felt like I had things to say. But sometimes I'll look at the number of how many people are, are watching or my audience or, you know, and I go, oh, yeah. why am I doing this? And then I'm, and I'm like, nobody's even listening. And I'm like, that wasn't even the reason why I started this. Why, why do I get down with that? Yeah. And I have to like, weed that thought yeah. out and come back to know I'm doing this for me. It's not about anyone listening. At first, actually, I didn't even want anyone to listen because I was yeah. afraid. <laughs>
1: yes yeah so I hear you, and it's a tricky thing when you're when you're bringing um, I actually wrote about this yesterday, but when you're bringing yourself to the table um, openly, that is an extremely vulnerable place to be mm-hmm. and 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 you have to make it about for me with Instagram with the podcast, the numbers go up, they go down they you know it's all over the place. yeah um, but I think about if my daughter or if my son or if they were the only ones who ever read this, or honestly, If I was the only one that ever read this, was it still worthwhile? And like we talked about before, the answer is yes. Because as I write, as I actively do things to remain open, to, to be in line with my purpose, I get more out of it than anyone else. And so if nobody, nobody shows up, if nobody cares, totally fine. That's totally fine because I'm benefiting more than any of those people um, that might be listening or reading or hearing or whatever.
0: Yeah. I always have to come back to that. And the growth I see in myself, like I've had mm-hmm. to learn things like Zoom and yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just technology that can be so frustrating to me sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, and, and I get really uncomfortable and uh, it's hard sometimes. So just that is definitely worth worth the price of
1: admission, I guess. You know? It is. There is so much joy and discomfort. And that is something over this past year, I've done so many things that have made me so profoundly uncomfortable. And I've just learned to find so much peace in that to know like, man, I'm so uncomfortable, which means this is going to be awesome. I'm going to grow so much. This is such a good experience to have.
0: Yeah, for sure. So um, that takes me right into about growth. So Tell me about the growth
1: that you've seen in yourself by sharing your story. So um, because I've been kind of speaking and doing this for a long time, I thought that I had it like all figured out. I thought I was really cool with vulnerability and, and all of that. And what I have found as now I'm creating content on a daily and weekly basis. Um, again, like I said, I uncovered some like deeper, deeper rooted cracks of, of things I needed to really become sure about um, personally, just with who, who I am and what I'm about. And I needed to become comfortable with, I, I have no fear about the world judging me. Like I truly don't care what people who don't know me think of me. Like truly, I don't care. Okay. Okay. But what I do care about is what the people around me think of me, and I knew that by doing the podcast and um, by kind of ramping up what I was doing online, that I knew that there would be some drawbacks to people that knew me who probably were thinking like, "I know her; like her life isn't perfect. What in the world is she? What what in the world is she doing?" And I needed to really examine that, and I've had a lot of growth with. Um, with being able, like I said, to sit with discomfort, being okay with discomfort, being okay if I do have that reaction or if I am feeling a friend pull back um, as I'm sharing things. I've had to become okay with that. And that is something that is super, super uncomfortable for me. Um, I've had to learn to become emotionally self-reliant in a way that I've never been before, even though I thought I was. Um, I've learned to become emotionally self-reliant and and sit with the fact that like I am enough, regardless of numbers or friendships or whatever is the situation in my life, I'm enough just being myself and and being able to find true peace and joy in that. And that has been a really um, kind of transformational thing that's happened this year and that continues to happen, is truly being comfortable, myself, like in stillness, um, in those moments of quiet, having that and, and being able to have kind of myself as my best friend, I guess, has been a really, a really cool thing.
0: Yeah. So is that what your definition of emotional self-reliance would be is to know you're enough?
1: I think Yes, that's kind of the, yeah, that's the umbrella statement. But again, okay. that's such a buzzword. I, I yeah. feel like we should break it down. Let, but okay, um, break it down some more. <laughs> My definition of emotional self-reliance is a that I don't need any external validators to know my worth. So I don't okay. need my kids to be successful. I don't need my house to be amazing. I don't need I don't need anything besides what's what's coming to the table with myself to be okay. To be to be able to um, to have peace, to have joy, to know that, that I'm worthwhile, that the things that I have inside of me are good and right and true. Um, that is emotional self-reliance to me. And until I am emotionally self-reliant, until you go through that process of, you know, like I said, it's not like a beginning and end. We're all on that journey all the time. Yeah. I can't show up for the people that I love in the way that I want to. Yeah. It starts to become very muddied with, with trying to using external chaos or using external things to like calm an internal chaos. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work. And even if it works well ish, it's not going to work the best. It's not, it's, it's a bandaid, right? Yeah. And, um, and so becoming emotional self emotionally self-reliant. I don't, I don't need the band-aids anymore. I don't need the, like the crutch of, of having a perfect set of kids with straight A's. And, and when I thought I needed that, I had a lot more anxiety in my life, like a lot more anxiety that I had, that I had to work through to be myself in wonderful ongoing journey. It's been cool. Yeah.
0: No, I really like what you said about like referring to your kids and stuff like that. Cause I found that if you don't figure it out, life will teach you the lesson somehow. Like yes. if you don't figure it out on your own. <laughs> That's for sure. Know, it will yeah. happen cuz I have a 21-year-old and he taught me a lot of lessons yeah. about that, you know. Um of just choosing his own life and the way he wanted to go, which yeah. is not the way I had envisioned. Um and you know what? His way is turning out perfect for him. And um anyway, that that just reminded me of that. That if you don't figure it out, life will help you figure it out.
1: It's true. I ha- I think I had an idealistic version of what like the best life looked like, and I really have had to let that go. and And I have a wonderful life and wonderful kids. And I, honestly, we're in a season of nothing bad happening. Cross cross my fingers. Yeah. But- But when I was going through that season of cancer, like I would have never, that is not a reality or something I ever would have wanted for my life. And it was a totally happy time in our life. And I know that sounds bananas, but it was, it was a happy time of connecting and um, growing together as a family. And there's so much goodness and strength that came out of that, that it just kind of opened my eyes to like, wait a minute, if everything doesn't turn out the way that I think it should that might be okay. It might even be better than okay. It might be better than something I've ever dreamed of. And so as I've been able to let go of like these idealistic views of what a good mom and a good wife and a good woman and a a strong woman, what that looks like as I've been able to let go of what I thought it looked like and allowed my, my life to show me my experiences to show me. um, It's been just such a stronger and more beautiful picture and it feels more authentic, not that it was inauthentic before, but it just feels more, um, rewarding and real because I'm not trying to micromanage and control my life and my world and the people around me. And it's been a much healthier place. Yeah, no, I love that.
0: Um, it's quite the journey that we go on, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, for sure. All
0: All right. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on and, sharing your wisdom with us and your experiences and um, I really appreciate it. Is there any, any advice you want to leave with my audience or, um, well, first of all, you need to
1: tell people we've said to cultivate the good life, but how else can they yes. find
0: you or...
1: So I am on Instagram um at Becky Proudfit and I'm sharing content there pretty regularly um that supplements the podcast. And I wanted to say to you, you're doing an amazing job. This podcast is so awesome and it and it what you're saying is so important and so needed. And I know that it is helping lots of people, probably more than you even realize well, are showing up. <laughs> it's amazing. Um the one thing, if, if you could take nothing else out of this conversation is I hope that if someone listening is in a place of self-doubt, I just want them to know that they don't have to earn their worth. You don't have to like earn your ticket to worthiness in this life, that you are good and amazing and enough just being who you are today and that you have every tool you need for success and peace um, in your life. And it's about uncovering and strengthening that relationship with yourself to kind of unleash, unleash the power of who you are. I just got goosebumps when you said that. So
0: that was a perfect way (laughs) to end. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for being on. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. All right. Have you told a friend about my podcast? Have you left a review on iTunes? I would sure appreciate it. And once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fabulous week and bye for
1: now.